following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Bring it in for another exciting edition of 83 to infinity by best in the world sports. Big news, big Sixers news. And no, we're not talking about that garbage loss to the Raptors on Tuesday night. That's old news. We ain't talking old news now. We talking new news. New news is the Sixers made a trade. People were saying Elton Brand wasn't at the game on Tuesday night. Where could he be? Apparently, he was somewhere on the phone with the Clippers because he works out a trade. And the Sixers trade Landry Shamit, Mike Muscala, Wilson Chandler, a couple picks, and they get back Tobias Harris. And I can't even pronounce dude's name. Let me, let me bring in my guest. Uh, an old time favorite, my man, my homie, long time host of the best in the world sports report, the driving force behind Total Sports Live, and now the man at Philly Metro, Mr. Javon Alford. What is good, man? Hey, thanks for having me on. Man, there's always a place. You know, you always got, there's always a place for you on a podcast that I host. All right. Any podcast that I run, there's always an open seat for Javon. I appreciate it. <laughs> but now I need your help. How you pronounce this dude's name? Uh, Boban Marjanovic? Yeah, him. They would have been better off just bringing in Halapuli Vati Vaitai. All right. I, I mean, you can say that, but you can't say Marjanovic. Yeah, pretty much. Marjanovic. Or Boban. Bo- or Boban. And Toby. Yeah, yeah, none of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm 0 for 3 on that, dog. <laughs> anyway, look. Let's get right into it. You heard, you know, trade's been done now. What did you think when you first heard it? Um, first heard it, I was kind of, I think I was in, I would think I was, in, I was in more disbelief because we heard the reports just a couple of days ago that the Clippers, you know, were receiving inquiries about Harris, but were insisting not moving them because they had hopes of resigning them uh, this offseason. And you're thinking that Sixers were going to make a move that they weren't. That they were going to try, that they were going to try to maybe upgrade their bench more so, and try to get a bench piece instead, maybe a Nicola Meritage or you know a Reggie Bullock, who we obviously saw get traded uh, to the LA Lakers. So you're thinking that they were going to go on a low scale of trade to build the bench, and then this ride with the had in the uh, starting lineup. But obviously, with this move for uh, Harris, you know it's a big move. It gives them a legit, you know, one of the best starting fives. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, but it leaves a big hole right now on the bench because regardless of what you might think of Mike Muscala in particular, he was, he, I think I thought over the last few games, he was coming along nicely, had a great performance against the Lakers uh, last week. I think he had 17 and seven. And then defensively, what he did against Golden State, I thought he, I thought he played well uh, there. And then obviously, you know, moving on from Landry Shamit, you know, I thought that obviously that was a, 
probably what the Clippers wanted because they're, you know, they're, they have their own long-term goals of trying to, you know, get as much cap space as they can to acquire, you know, a couple big name free agents this all season. And they get a guy in Landry Shaman who they compare, you know, with a Jerome Robinson, with a Montrez Harrell, with a, you know, a, a Shea Gillis, a Gilgit Alexander. So to get, to lose him in the process, that, that definitely hurts the bench because I think everybody can agree that Shaman was their most consistent scorer uh, off off the bench, and I thought that, you know, we were seeing, you know, not only him play the two-guard, but also play a little bit of the one. So to see him going, it shows that maybe the Sixers, you know, that the pressure is on the Sixers to see what can they get out of both Markel Fultz and Zaire Smith, you know, going on. So at this at, at this point, this, there's no way they trade Fultz, right? You, you think Fultz is staying. You think this move, if they're trading Shamit at this point to make a move like this, it almost guarantees that Fultz is staying. One would one would hope that they are keeping that they are keeping Fultz, you know. But you never you never know, you know. We heard one report early, uh, late last weekend from John Johnson saying that the Sixers re-engaged, you know, Fultz and trade discussions. But then not all. But then a couple of days later, we heard that you know that the Sixers aren't going to move Fultz. It's a very tenuous situation because. The Sixers could move Fultz and they feel like they need another piece. You know, maybe they feel like they want to get, uh, you know, a Torian Prince or a Dwayne Dedman or maybe a Terrence Ross, even though you probably don't need those players now with the addition of Tyus Harris. But I, I, one, one, one would hope that they wouldn't move Fultz because at that point you're really devoiding yourself of, of young talent, of young prospects at that too because the Sixers – could run into a situation in the long term is that if Butler or Harris doesn't resign, they're going to have a lot of holes. They are. There could be a lot of holes. And honestly, I, I look at this team and I look at the trade that they made and I think they have a dynamic starting five. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's going to it's going to be a great starting five. I like their starting five from top to bottom. But at some mm-hmm. point in time, the bench players are going to have to come in. Right. <laughs> and, and the thing is, we if if there's one thing that Brett Brown gets roasted for the most in this city, despite the Sixers' success, it's for his rotations. It's for his substitutions. It's for the fact that he can bring his – when he brings in his starting lineup, they can build a big lead, which almost automatically gets lost once the bench players come in. And now you've right. traded – You've traded Shamit, you've traded Chandler, and you've traded Muscala. Those guys weren't all-stars. You know, nobody's going to call those guys all-stars. They weren't studs. They weren't, you know, corner cornerstone pieces. But now I'm looking you, – know, you, you made a good post. You re, I think it was a retweet that you put out earlier on Wednesday. And it was like the, the Sixers bench now is TJ, Furkan, uh, Amir Johnson, Scott, and I can't remember who else, but nonetheless, it, Bobon. It, Bo, and Bobon, yeah, yeah, that's that that's not good. That's that that's not good at all. I mean, at this, does that worry you? Does that worry you that yes, they have a strong starting lineup, but that this team now lacks depth? Yeah, that definitely concerns me because you know when you just look at the other teams in the Eastern Conference. You know, when you look at a Toronto team, like Toronto has a good starting five, but they also have a good bench, too. 
you know, able to lean on guys, you know, uh, like a like a Van Fleet or a Pascal Siakam, you know, having those types of guys, you know, it's beneficial uh, to have. And then you look at Boston. You saw what happened when the Sixers played Boston on Christmas, but not only in last year's playoffs. The Sixers didn't get beat by, you know, Kyrie or Gordon Hayward last season. They got beat by their bench guys that set the pig. Big. They got, you know, Kerry Rozier, Marcus Morris, you know, guys of, of, of those nature. And I think for them to make a deep run, and we see it with every team that wins a championship in the NBA, you, you're not going to win a championship just based off your starting five. You're going to win it. you got to have a good bench to win a championship. We see it with Golden State every year. Golden State probably has one of the best have not even probably they have one they have the best starting five in the NBA. But what makes them so good? Their bench. They have a Sean Livingston. They have a Andre Iguodala. You know they put Jordan Bell in, in great and perfect situation. You look at this year. You know taking a guy in Alfonso McKinney who was a G leaguer, making him you know into a, into into a into a into a solid NBA player and part of the rotation. So I think for the Sixers, that's going to be the key. Now the key is. Within this starting five, we cannot run them ragged to the point like we're Tom, like we're like we're almost having Tom Thibodeau at the hell, and we're running guys, you know, forty plus minutes is going to be. How can we manage the starters' minutes, but also making sure that the, the depth, you know, they need depth if they want to make a deep run for the playoffs? Should we be looking for a return from Zaire Smith at some point? I mean. I guess I'm just looking at where this depth can come from, where where we can look for, where where should we look for this depth? I mean, you will hope that obviously you will hope obviously for that depth. Maybe you you hope folks come back this season because that's going to be huge. And if he can return to any shape of the player that he was in the in the summer league, then that's a then that's going to be a huge a huge boost for him. If they can, if they can do that, but you know, like you said, Zaire Smith, will we see him this season? Hopefully, I mean, there's a report out saying that you know maybe Smith could possibly make his debut sooner than later with the with the Blue Coats. We'll see. Uh, that happens. Justin Patton, who they acquired in the Jimmy Butler trade, he made his Blue Coats debut, so that gives you another body. You know, you also have you know uh, a guy like Shake Milton, who I've been really impressed with, and I actually enjoy his game a lot. With this Sixers team, and we saw him. We saw him over the last few games getting more minutes than Furk and Korkmaz, mm-hmm. which was surprising for a guy that's a second-round rookie. Brooke Brown's giving him more minutes uh, than Korkmaz. So I think, I think in conjunction with the players that you have, I think if they can't make a trade by Thursday, I think they're going to have to look at the buyout market, which you know that's going to be tough because they're going to be competing with other teams <laughs> that are you know looking for the mm-hmm. same players. You know Wesley Matthews. The team that's been, you know, is Wesley Matthews is a guy that the Sixers and the Thunder and the Warriors and the Raptors are all interested in if he gets brought up along with the Rockets. And then you maybe maybe you go down the Jamal Crawford path if he gets brought out. And I know a lot of people are, some Sixers fans are very hesitant about that because they go to the advanced analytics uh, defensive metrics or whatever. But at this point in the season, the Sixers don't need defensive metrics off their bench. They need guys that can score for points and baskets at this point, especially with the, like I said, like you like you pointed out, with the lack of depth that they have, and the depth really could be changed due to a couple players either getting healthy or players that they can acquire. So given, 
So given what you said, I guess at this point, are you optimistic or are you worried? Are you more optimistic? Do you lean more towards being optimistic or are you more worried about the state of the sixes? Because this is a huge trait and I think it makes them better, but I think it makes their holes more glaring. I and I and I agree with you. I think it does make them better. And and I, I, and I just when I just wrote about this, it not it makes them better in the short term, obviously. But in the long term, I don't know how it all how it how it all how it all pans out how it all pans out and, and, and comes together. I think right now I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I'm coming around to the trade because I'm thinking. For me, I'm not thinking how everybody, like how most people are thinking, a lot of people are thinking just in this one, like, window moment of, like, being prisoners of the moment almost, where it's, like, championship or bust, like, this team is ready to make a championship. I'm not going that far yet because we still, now, we have to see how do they gel. We're still trying to, we're still watching on a nightly basis and trying to figure out if, you know, how can they make, how can they get Jimmy Butler to gel into his offense? And we're seeing him want a little bit more point guard, which is helping a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now you're, now you're going to have to try to continue to get Butler involved in chemistry. Now, adding a guy like Tobias Harris, who's having a career year, who's used to having the ball in his hand, with a guy like MB, who I mean, with a guy like Butler, who's used to having the ball in his hands a lot. There's a lot of changing pieces that obviously that, that's going to fall on Brett Brown. And to be honest with you, whatever this team does at the end of the season is going. If they if, if they don't live with the expectations, it often immediately falls on Brett Brown. Falls on Brett Brown. Falls on Brett Brown. Falls on Elton Brand. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much faith do you have in Brett Brown that he can make this work? Honestly, I'm like I'm like fifty fifty at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm fifty fifty because the way that they played last year in the playoffs, to be honest, the way they played in the regular season was 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 was, was amazing. And then how they played in the postseason against the Heat, they did what they supposed to do. But in the game against the Celtics where Brett Brown was against a much better coach and Brett Stevens, he got he got out coached simply. He simply got out coached. And was and, and 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 it just didn't and it just didn't look good at, at all. You know there was so many. You know there's so many issues that this team still has. The team first and foremost turns over the ball too much, way too much. And then you and then you mentioned, like you said, his rotations, or you mentioned, um, or you or you you know you mentioned the rotation and, and, and things like that. But I do give some credit in that I will say that this team's defense has improved. Mm-hmm. I think they have done a better job when it comes to when it comes to rotating to rotations on defense and everybody, you know, you know, you know, sticking to the man and if they're not, they're switching off, they're communicating. I think they're doing a good job there. But I'm concerned as to how is he going to make adjustments against the Toronto Raptors if they see him again or against the Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. and a guy like Mike Bo- Boonehoser. If they uh, if they see him again, so I think there's a like you like like you said, I think there's a lot of pressure on Brett Brown to get this team deep in the playoffs, and like you said, Elton Brand as well because he's taking a lot of risk as a GM, and I know fans love it. You know, they love to see the GM that you know that goes out on the limb and you know makes these big moves and you know really going all out for it. But at the same time, you gotta hope that. What's going to be the long-term future after this season as well? I understand. I understand, and I guess 
I'm, the ball, you know, the ball is in his court. You know, it, 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 I mean, it's this, you know, it's sink or swim. This is the team that we're going with. Now, I've heard a lot of people, I guess, one of the sentiments that has been said since this trade was announced that, you know, this officially marks that the process, and I'm using, I know it's radio slash podcast. I'm using the air quotes now. The pot, the, the process is over. Uh-huh. I've always been under the impression the process will be over when they either blow up this team and start over or we win a championship. You know, this this newest step, this new, you know, now trying to acquire the talent to take our young core to the next level, that's also a part of the process. Do you agree right. or do you feel like the process is over now? Oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I definitely don't feel like the process is over. I think the process is still evolving, mm-hmm. and I think, like you said, for all those years that you acquired young assets and trying to find the perfect fit, and now you've been guys to acquire, you know, big name players. This is just another evolution, another part of the process. The Sixers now have your two crown jewels. They feel like in Butler and Harris, and they feel like they can help, you know, help them make that run. And like you said, the process doesn't become complete until they either win a championship or either blow it up. Now, mm-hmm. which end of the spectrum are they closer towards? They're more closer towards the spectrum of making a championship run this season. But after this season, where's that spectrum then turn to? Mm-hmm. Does it continue to lean towards the championship window? Or does it lean towards where it might have to blow this thing up? I don't think it can get to that point. Where you're, where you're blowing to, to the point of blowing things up, but again, you have a lot of decisions, and I know we're still in February, but there's a still there's a lot of decisions that have to be made by this off season. You know, you have a contract extension coming up with Ben Simmons. You have the re-signing with Jimmy Butler, which a lot of Sixers fans are not even really in favor for anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobias Harris, a guy who he's going to get big money on the market, trying to re-sign him. If you do resign both of those guys, what happens to JJ Wright? Do you resign for another year? What do you do about Martel Fultz? Do you move him in the offseason? Or because I'm pretty sure you don't want to pay him the amount of money that he could be due, you know, over nine million dollars next season. So there's a lot of different holes and pieces that you know that this team is going to have. This, this we're going to, I think, to be honest with you, I think we're going to learn a lot about this team. Oh, before this All Star breaking in for our season, I think this is going to be a telling time for how this team not only compares to themselves from from the first half of the season, but how do they compare with the Milwaukee's, the Toronto's, the Denver Nuggets, and the, you know, and the Golden State Warriors. So let me ask you real quick, what do you think was more of a telling game for the state of this team? Beating Golden State on the road, or losing to the Raptors for the third time in four games? I would say I would say beating Golden State because you just look at the circumstances of the Sixers were on a mini four game road trip. This was their third game out of the four. They just came off of beating they just came off of beating uh Lakers team, which you know is going through their own turmoil as it is right now. And they beat them despite Brandon Ingram going off thirty six points. And to see how they, you know, against a Golden State team that was was that was without Clay Thompson, but still had Draymond and DeMarcus and KD and Steph and all those guys, to see how they battled 
throughout the game, there was times where you thought that Golden State could just blow it wide open. And a lot of teams were fold at that point. I mean, we saw it last year. Remember last year, uh, the Sixers, not only in Golden State, but also in Philly, they had big leads on them. And what happened? They collapsed. They Absolutely didn't hold their own. Yep. This, this time around, they held their own. They battled back. They stuck to the fundamentals. They did what they were supposed to do. And that game showed you what the potential of this team could be when they're all clicking on the right cylinder. You know, if they carry if they carry that same mantra as they play and they play the same way they played against Golden State, there's no reason why they can't be false. There's no reason why they can't beat why they can't beat Toronto. Because if you look at both those rosters, Golden State has the better players than both of those teams. So if if they can take that same execution and, you know, and they can take that same execution and put that against, you know, their Eastern Conference foes, then they can. There's no reason why they can't make a deep run. I'm hoping so, man. I could use a deep sixer run right now. I could use a run to the conference championship. It's been too long, man. I want to know what that feels like again. I need to know what that feels like again. You know, it. it uh, we go, we we go, we about I'm, to do it, man. I'm telling you. Look, I mean, look, a, a I, mean I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I think everybody would agree with you. You know that I think they would. Everybody would want the Eastern Conference Finals on because it was like because it, 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 it would almost it would almost be another feather in the cap to validate the process for people that still believe in the process. They'd be like, mm-hmm. listen, this team they went out and made moves. They did not come. They did not make. Mm-hmm. The final, but hey, they gave us a tough seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. All I know is, you and I, we we didn't get a chance to hang out during the Eagles parade, so we gonna go to the Sixers parade together, man. All right, I will scoop you up from your crib, and we will go downtown. We will see, we we're gonna see the Sixers parade together. All right, unless I'm working. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a day. Look. That's a day off, man. You got to request off, man. If you need me to talk to your boss, you need me to talk to the people at the at the metro. I don't know who I got to speak to, but I got I will work that out for you. All right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I got to let you go, but thank you for jumping on. Tell me what you got going on in the metro right now. Um, pretty much. Thanks again for having me on. But pretty much, what we got going on in the metro right now is just uh. Uh, still a bunch of still a bunch of trade deadline stuff. We're you know coming down to the end of the NBA trade deadline. We also got some NHL trade deadline stuff. Even though the Flyers are out, almost made themselves back in the playoff race, Wayne Simmons can still be on the move. Phillies, you know, still a lot of things going on with them with Harper, Machado, Ramuto, that, and then I'll see some Eagles stuff. We got a bunch of Eagles stuff. You know, we got Eagles stuff going on for agency draft, Nick Foles. All that good stuff. So pretty much if you want to check it all out, you can check it out on uh, Metro.us. Just hit the sports section and get everything from uh, Philly sports, Boston, New York, national. And then if you're in the city, you can you can pick up a paper at any uh, at any uh, subway stop. And I think you have regional rail stops as well nice. here in the city. So that's nice. pretty much what we got going on. That is my man, Javon Alford. I got to get him back in the studio, man. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but... The streets need you, man. The streets need Javon. Oh, Lord. Look, man, it's time to get you back into the podcast game. That is Javon Albert from Metro on 83 to infinity. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay.
Hey, no problem. Anytime. And look, you tell us what you think of this podcast. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. Just a reminder, you can hear these podcasts in their entirety every Saturday morning on phillygoflow.com at 8 a.m. You can download the podcast on iTunes. Just search Best in the World Sports or go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports. This has been 83 to Infinity, and my name is Brown. Check you out next time. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best of the World Sports.